Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we are starting an important yet uncomfortable sermon series called The Difficult Words of Jesus. And what we're going to be doing in this series is instead of running from or ignoring some of those things that Jesus said that many of us don't like, that make us uncomfortable, we're just going to jump in headfirst. And the reason we're doing this is because, first of all, on occasion, it's kind of fun for me to sit up here and watch as all of you squirm a bit, and you're going to squirm on this series. But most importantly, the reason we're doing this is to learn about what it actually looks like or what it costs us to follow Jesus on a day-to-day basis. So how many of you are ready to get uncomfortable for the next five weeks? Anybody? You guys are lying. You got nobody wants to get uncomfortable. All right. So to get us into this difficult teaching, we first need to, mo- we first need to take a moment and talk about our ideal of the good life. Or how most of us think about what it means to be successful, what it means to be on top. Now, for me, as I sat down and began to wrestle with this particular question, for some reason, what kept popping up in my head over and over and over again were these huge, stunning beach houses my wife and I saw on our trip to Galveston this summer. And the reason I think... Um, those particular houses just kept coming up over and over again because during our trip, I remember thinking to myself on more than one occasion how awesome it would be to be able to make enough money to have one of those homes right there along the beach. And not only that, but in the process of working through that particular fantasy, what I also found myself thinking about is what if money weren't an issue in my life? Or let's say for some reason I inherited or won or you know, did something like that, and I have access to more money than I could ever spend in my lifetime. What would I do? How would I choose to live my life? Or to make this fun for all of you, what would you do? If you had more money than you knew what to do with, how would you choose to spend your life? Well, for me, when I started thinking about that question, and in a really honest way, the first thing that came to my mind is instead of dealing with all the stress of being a minister, right? What's the first thought we all think of if we're working? I'm just going to quit my job. Right? Then what I would do is I would build this huge mansion up in the mountains because I love the mountains and that'd be a great escape. Then to balance out the cold, I'd build another mansion somewhere on an exotic beach, somewhere in the ocean somewhere because I love looking out of the ocean. And basically what I would do with the rest of my life is whatever I wanted to do whenever I want to do it, right? Or how many of you, if I ever do strike it rich, I write a book or something like that, want to join me on this little adventure just doing whatever you want, whenever you want to do it? Anybody? Yeah. I think that's kind of our default position. That's kind of what we dream about when we think about those particular things. But then, what hit me like a bolt of lightning as I was dreaming about how I would live my life if money really weren't an option, is that basically when you strip away all the trappings of that, or what we all seem to think about when we think about being successful and being on top and why we want that, What you're going to find at the root of all of that is really what all of us want more than anything else is we just want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. 
or to push this even further so you guys can see what I see, we don't really want money for the sake of money. We don't want just piles of money in our house just to have piles of money. No, the reason we want more money is so we can buy the life that we really want to live. Then even with fame, it's not just about the adoring fans, but it's about the perk that comes along with being famous and all the things that you get to do because you're famous. And it's even the case. When you take a moment and think about the reason most of us want to be in charge, we want to be the boss, own our own businesses, whatever that looks like, is not necessarily about the work itself, but it's about being the one who is making all the decisions and telling everyone else what to do. So what I hope you guys are starting to catch a glimpse of is that when you peel back all the different ways we think about success and the good life, what you're going to find is that the, the core of all of that The reason we want that or the reason why we devote so much time and energy to all of that is because the more successful we become, the more we get to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Or another way to think about this is what we all want most is we all want to be the master of our own lives. We want to be in charge. We want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Okay, so, so now that you guys are starting to see all of that, let me now walk you through Mark 10, 35 through 45 to show you what Jesus has to say about success or what it actually looks like to be on top. So Mark 10, 35 begins and he says, and it says this. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him and they said to Jesus, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, to get at what's going on here, you need to understand that James and John are a part of Jesus' 12 disciples. But they're not just a part of the 12. They're actually a part of the big three or this group of disciples that Jesus has called out to be the leaders of this group. Which means what you would expect from these two guys who come to ask a question is they're not going to ask something silly. They're going to ask something important because they're a part of Jesus' leadership team. So what I picture when these brothers come to ask Jesus this question is Jesus is all ears. He wants to know what it is that they're asking. So he says, well, what do you want me to do for you? But then they respond by dropping this bomb, which completely misses the point. Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Let one of us sit at your right, the other at your left in your glory. Or basically what these guys are asking of Jesus is that when Jesus becomes the king, when Jesus becomes the Messiah, they want to be second and third in command. They want to become vice president and his chief of staff, putting themselves on top. But what makes this request interesting is at this point in the story, these two men, along with the rest of the disciples, really don't get what Jesus came to do. They really don't get the mission that he came to accomplish as the Messiah. No, what these guys are thinking at this point is that eventually Jesus is going to come to power or Jesus is literally going to become the king of the Jews like King Herod is at that time or like King David did back in the day. And when he becomes the king, they want to be right there at his right and left hand because that means they are a part of all that power. And so what that makes clear is what these two are asking for, what they're chasing after they want to be on top with Jesus as he establishes his kingdom. Or a way to think about this in modern terms is what James and John are doing here is they're trying to climb the ladder of success as far as it's going to take them. Because if they can get to the top, then what does that mean for them? Well, if they can get to the top, they get to tell others what to do. They get to be the ones who are in control, not following orders. Or really, what's going on here is no different than what people are trying to do every single day in this rat race that we all participate in, in that they're working and maneuvering their way up the ladder so that they can be on top. And so, of course, 
as soon as Jesus hears what it is they're asking for, he responds by saying this. Well, you guys, you guys don't know what you're asking for. You don't get it. Or at this point, you don't understand that climbing the ladder of success in God's kingdom is different than what the world defines it as. And then after Jesus goes on to explain, this is not something I can give you. This is a God thing. And after all the other disciples hear about what's going on and they get mad and start going back and forth at each other, Jesus then goes on to tell all of them that what it looks like to be successful according to the kingdom or how God defines success. And this is where things get difficult, not just for James and John, but for anybody who ever chooses to follow Jesus. Jesus says this. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, their high officials exercise authority over them. Or, hey guys, you know how the world works, right? Those on top get to tell everyone else what to do and when to do it, which means... Uh, Everybody is working and striving towards getting to be that particular person. Yeah, well, even though that's the way the world works, or even though that's what it seems like you need to be doing if you want to win, if you want to be on top, I'm here to tell you that according to God, that's not what real success or being on top looks like. Instead, in God's kingdom, this is what it means to be on top. And this would have been shocking for people to hear in the ancient context. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Or, hey guys, even though this seems to go against everything that you've ever been taught, and even though this seems to be the exact opposite of the way the world defines success, for God, what it looks like to be successful is not living the kind of life where you are your own master, where you're the one who is always in control, where you are the one who gets to choose what you want to do when you want to do it. No, what success really looks like is you choosing to serve others or you choosing to give your life to being a slave of all. Or to help you kind of wrap your brains around this logic in a bit more modern way, when God looks at a CEO of a Fortune 500 company or someone who has scraped and clawed their way to the top and all that success and all that wealth that goes along with that, for God, if the motives of that person are only about me, myself, and I, or all about getting to the top because of what it's going to do for them, then they have missed the point because that's not what success looks like in the kingdom of God. No matter how everybody else talks about them, no matter what people think about them being up there, know instead where you're going to find success is in any and all places where people have given themselves to serving others. It's that simple. And oh yeah, the amazing thing about this is this is not just something Jesus told others to do and then went out and lived in a completely different way. Now, what you'll find when you read the Gospels closely is that even though Jesus had in his power to do whatever he wanted to do, whenever he wanted to do it, what we find him doing, or the way he chose his, to live his life was by serving everyone he encountered or by making himself a slave to the world. Eventually, right, giving his life to serve and to save all of us. Which is then why Jesus concludes with this absolutely radical statement. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Or what I want you guys to notice about this particular teaching is that Jesus is not the kind of king, the way kings are defined in our world today, that are on top and they're telling everybody else what to do. No, Jesus came into the world as the kind of king who has the audacity to serve to make other people better. I mean, think about that. Think about how radical that would have been in that time and place. And think about it even today. 
And so what all of that means for you and I today is if we want to be successful according to the kingdom, if we want to be considered great in the eyes of God, then no longer can our lives be about chasing after success, the way the world defines success, you know, money, power, titles, and all of that. And no longer can we strive to be the master of our own lives. No, what success or being on top looks like in the kingdom of God is it looks like service. Think about that. Think about how oxymoronic that is in our brain. Right? We don't think of people being great um, are those who are serving. We don't think of CNAs that cross the street over here who have given their lives to taking care of those who can't take care of themselves as successful in the kingdom of successful in life. But according to God, they are. Isn't that absolutely amazing? But before you go off the deep end thinking that what Jesus wants for all of us by asking us to become slave of all is to be miserable and broke, right? Because that's the first place our mind goes when we we think about, well, if I live that way, then my life's going to be horrible. No, I don't think Jesus has any problem with people going out and making money. In fact, I think he's given some people the ability to make lots of money. I don't know how it works. I can't do it, but I've seen some people do it, right? And then there's also people. We're all called to be successful at what we do, to be the best we can at what we do. There's nothing wrong with that. So the question becomes not what you're doing, but why are you doing it? Are you doing it? Do you get up every single morning because it's about you? Or you get up every single morning and ask yourself, who can I serve today? Who can I serve today? I think about teachers, right? Who can I serve today? You got 20 kids sitting in your classroom. Who need to be loved on and served. And every single occupation that you have out there, no matter what you do, are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it to serve others? That's the key. Now, the other thing that I want you guys to to get about this is that Jesus doesn't just call us to be um, slave of all, you know, so that we we can just live in a miserable place. No, what Jesus knew back then and science is now beginning to reveal is that people who actually choose to give their life to serving others live longer, happier, more purposeful lives. There's scientific research that's done out there. People who live, and they can have all the the classic trappings of what success looks like, and if they live and they're all about themselves, what they find is these people are far less likely to live happy, more fulfilling lives than people who give themselves to serving others. So what I want you guys to get is when Jesus gives us these commands, even those commands that seem to contradict the way the world's supposed to work, he's not doing it to punish us or or to make things bad for us. No, he's trying to get us to see that this is how you live into the good life. This is how you live into the life that is truly life. Or Jesus wants what's best for you, and what's best for you is not what the world tells you. In that, yeah, 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 just focus on yourself and everything's going to be great. No, where you're going to find the life that is truly life is when you give yourself to serving others given the gifts and talents that you have been given. Amen. Right? Do you guys see that? Do you guys see how powerful that is? And if you are one of those people like me, that wakes up every single morning thinking about myself, what we need to do is we need to change the way we think about everything because it will change you when you get up and think, no, 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 my purpose today is to serve. It's to make a difference in someone else's life and not worry as much about myself. Okay, so now that you guys are wrestling with all of that, to to close things out today, 
I want to tell you about this amazing new tool we have developed within the church that, that we developed to help all of you begin to give your life to service or to live into the life that is truly life. So what we've been working on for about the past five months or so, which again, we're very excited about, um, which is all about helping you find a place to serve, is we've been working with Ministry Architects, a firm that's kind of outside of the church, on a tool called Ministry Match. And to get what Ministry Match is all about, how many of you have ever taken a spiritual inventory or a personality test where basically you take this test, and then based on your answers to those questions, the test tells you what your personality is or your spirituality, all that kind of stuff. Anybody taking one of those? Okay. For those of you who haven't, you need to go take one because they're awesome. Uh, for those of you who had, basically what we've done with this new ministry match tool is instead of this tool trying to help us figure out your personality, your spirituality type, anything like that, this tool helps you find a place to serve within the church that fits your gifts and talents. Or to get really practical with it, what happens when you take this short quiz is that based on your responses, it's going to give you names and descriptions of volunteer positions in this church that fit your gifts and talents. And not only that, but it's also going to make it a whole lot easier for you to get connected and plugged in doing something that you're good at and that you enjoy. Or ultimately, what we're attempting to do with this new easy-to-use tool is to make it relatively easy for all of you to take that first step towards living a life of service or finding success in God's kingdom, or living into the extraordinary life that God has created you to live. Now, for those of you who are kind of interested in this new ministry match tool, um, let me remind you today we're having a lunch today at noon. You can come, go to that lunch, and then after that lunch, there's a, there's a short class after that. It's our uh, third class in our next steps thing. You can go there. They'll walk you through the quiz. You can take it, and they'll show you what it's all about there. For those of you who can't make the meeting today, via text, if you're on our text in church, every single one of you is going to get this quiz sent to you on your phone. All you got to do is hit the little link there and take the quiz. It takes five minutes. And if that's not enough, you can go to the website. If you guys have noticed, we have QR codes all over the church around here that you can just, oh, there it is. Looky there. You guys see that? Put your phone on that and you'll be able to go to it right away. And then even for those of you who are thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, that technology that guy's talking about, that's horrible. I can't do that. We have printed off copies for you too as well. You can take it home with you, fill it out, bring it back, and we'll get it all figured out for you, right? Uh, we like to meet people where they are as they are. Because again, what we're trying to do around here is not just to teach you what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to give your life to Christ. We want to show you how to do it. We want to help you get involved by serving others. We want... We want you guys to live into the life that is truly life. Let us pray. Father, as we begin this series, um, help us to get our hearts and minds ready for some of the uncomfortableness that we're going to face. But as we are dealing with that uncomfortableness, Lord, help us just to settle in and understand that um, the reason you are calling us to do these things, the reason you've said anything is because it's what's best for us. You're calling us to live in the best possible lives. So, Lord, we pray today specifically that we'll not just learn or memorize that we're supposed to be servants, that we're supposed to be slaves to the world, but we'll actually go out and do it. We'll actually get up in the mornings and think to ourselves, not what is it that I need, but what is it I can do to make a difference in this world as your hands and feet. Lord, we ask this all in your name. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.